My name is Abdil Leroy. Author, poet, narrator, voice actor, all-round creative genius. I've been running this podcast for a few months now and pretty much on an ad hoc basis. So sometimes there'd be three episodes in a week, sometimes one every three weeks, and it could range anything from a minute to an hour. So I'm going to get more organized about it now and put out a weekly podcast every Sunday. And each podcast is going to have information about an upcoming giveaway on a book or an audiobook for the following Friday. Meanwhile, if you want to get a free copy of my book, Obama's Dream, you can join my readers list at poetprofit.com slash contact, where profit is spelt P-R-O-P-H-E-T. These podcasts are going to include excerpts from my audiobooks and sometimes poems about the latest political developments from my Verses Verses Empire series. Get it? It's a homonym. And sometimes I will quote other poets, but my rule is only from memory and not reading aloud. Remember, when you read or listen to one of my books and you enjoy it, make sure to leave a review at Amazon or wherever you buy books because I'm an independent author and your reviews help other readers to find my stuff. So today's content, I'm going to start with some lines of W.B. Yeats spoken in the style of Yeats and then some lines of Auden commemorating Yeats. Then I'm going to read the opening scenes of Elijah, my epic reimagining the tales of the great Old Testament prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. And then I'll finish with a couple of poems on Supreme Court supremacist Brett Kavanaugh. The Lake Isle of Innisfree by W.B. Yeats I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made nine bean rows will I have there a hive for the honey bee and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the vales of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a-glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day. I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavement's grey, I hear it in the deep heart's core. In Memory of W.B. Yeats by W. H. Auden he disappeared in the dead of winter. The brooks were frozen, the airports almost deserted, and snow disfigured the public statues. Oh, all the instruments agree. The day of his death was a dark, cold day.
Beneath the juniper of fragrant breath, its scant shade bringing comfort nonetheless, a long-locked man collapses, prays for death, a fugitive alone voicing distress, all hope abandoned in the wilderness. It is enough now, Lord, I can no more, and lays his head upon the desert floor. Now take my life. He whispers as he peers up to the leaves whose flittering shadows play across his sun-seared countenance. His fears somehow to sleep surrender in dismay. At times, God will a man of faith assay, and so provoked will this one protest much, yet wakes he now unto an angel's touch. What hero wasn't in devotion tested? What hero never faltered in his quest? And who, reading his tale, would be invested? Errors are made, and even by the best, that their achievement may be doubly blessed, when, having overcome adversity, we see discovered their core quality. Virtue burns brightest when from trials rested with courage, character, and constancy, and values most a prize when one contested, especially when against an enemy, for heaven would not reward complacency. The bard has likened men to various ships, where storms reveal who has true mastership. Life is a fan that winnows chaff from wheat. The sieve serves as another metaphor, for hardship sifts the soul, rendered complete, and loss of false self shall the true restore. A crucible that burns off dross is more to understand the processes employed to make sure greatness may be unalloyed. And through all folly and miscalculation, much as the star of Bethlehem stood fast to guide three kings above all perturbation, that they might find their king of kings at last, having traversed terrain and kingdoms vast, the hero's vision in transcendent place remains unaltered beyond time and space. And time thinks well of him, as that roll call of champions of faith in Hebrews listed reveals. Since the first patriarchy, all are heralded who in their quest persisted, held fast to the belief that God existed, that certainty of what they did not see, rewarded in eternal memory. Nor are we punished for our ignorant fears, rash actions or inactions, misperceptions, to which even the most powerful seers succumb at times, distracted by deceptions. In grace, the Spirit ministers corrections, favour unmerited forgives. We learn from our mistakes and false from true discern. Elijah looks about him now to see a jar of water placed next to his head, a cake of dates and figs beneath the tree. Arise and eat, a voice to him has said. His energy somewhat restores, thus fed, and though some man-like shape discerns he then, he lays him down and falls asleep again. A second time the angel bids him wake. 
Arise and eat. Once more insisting he, Great are the deeds thou yet shalt undertake, else will the journey be too great for thee. The man of God sits up this time to see who has addressed him. There, her shimmering image shines brightly as the sun of golden visage. The creature having lately taken flight, this messenger of military might, his countenance is yet suffused with light. Half blinded by the divine vision bright, the startled man of God's shielding his sight. Whence, seeing that he's overwhelming him, the being begins his fiery glow to dim. He takes on the appearance of a man, a local shepherd's garb his human guise, where youth ended and middle age began, of weather-beaten skin and lively eyes, far from his wonted livery of the skies. Who art thou? The awestruck prophet inquires, and what the purpose thy mission requires? I come to strengthen and encourage thee, beloved prophet. Abdiel is my name. I dwell with God who knows thy constancy. Elijah answers, I've heard of thy fame. Thou wast the first to challenge Satan's claim, the first to land a blow on his proud crest. Thy faithfulness the friendly powers attest. And proud was I to serve Michael Devout, who answered Satan's taunts and speech profane, with such a blow has made the fiend cry out, and he it was who learnt him first of pain. But now, thy coming journey to sustain, drink thou of this. The angel does entreat, placing a gourd next to the prophet's feet. Elijah does so, whence vigour anew flows through his veins, stirring his weary heart, setting aglow each fibre and sinew. Fresh courage this ambrosial gift imparts. Patient, the angel watches, till his art has worked its alchemy in every bone, before making inquiry of his own. Elijah, man of God, whose potent acts are legendary among the angel race, whose deeds are set down in eternal tracts, why art thou come unto this desert place? The prophet sighs, again lifting his face to meet the gaze of his inquisitor, brave Abdiel, otherworldly visitor. Let me relate wherefore I earn the name Troubler of Israel. As you know, our land has long been governed by false-hearted kings, and each one worse than he who came before. The current ruler, Ahab, son of Umri, set up an altar to Beelzebub, took Jezebel, daughter of Sidon's king, to wife, who slays the prophets of the Lord. I told Ahab, nor rain nor dew shall fall these years, but by my word. But then I was compelled to flee. The Lord instructed me to turn eastward and hide by Cherith Brook, where he'd commanded ravens to feed me. Late in the afternoon arriving there, I sat to listen to its murmuring voice, of whose clear stream I was to drink, when on the bank across from me, a lovely maiden, arrayed in loose white robe, came down the slope. Exquisite beauty, 
slender and dark-eyed, though of her many virtues, most I loved the long and raven blackness of her hair, which now into a loose knot she tied up. She sang as if in duet with the stream, then sighing waded in, while with her fingers she stroked the surface, and as she leaned forward, I saw her little breasts, while to one side the current swept her flimsy dress, now wetter and ever more transparent as it clung to her, outlining her exquisite shape. Elijah pauses, having heard no word from Abdiel, who a nearby rock has found on which to sit, eyes closed. Is he perturbed? The prophet wonders. Does my tale confound? Is he disturbed to hear a human sound? But then the angel opes his eyes, inquires, Why hast thou ceased? Go on. Abdul requires, I thought my discourse might your ears offend. Elijah says, For it is sensuous fair. Celestial surely not their hearing lend To tales of maidens or of what they wear. The seraph laughs, Go on, no details spare. Such tales are not outside an angel's ken. We relish beauty in daughters of men. Thus, then, observer unobserved, I thought to speak, but no words came. She sensed my presence, for suddenly she looked up to my eyes, a moment gasped, and put her arm across her breasts. Fair maid, I pray thee, do not fear nor fly. I said to her, No, I am come to Cherith Brook according to the word of God, and sat upon this shaded bank to hear the water's soothing discourse, when thou didst appear so suddenly, so bright, I was dumbfounded at thy wondrous sight. With that, the maiden's fright softened. She smiled. I love to hear the river's music too, she said. It speaks as if to me. Alone I venture daily here, and often swim. The water's not too cold, then? I inquired. At first, perhaps, but soon you get accustomed. Why not come in? She said. I ventured then up to the water's edge. By now she was immersed up to her waist, and gradually, her garment playing loosely around her, stepped deeper in. Her arms outstretched, she sank beneath the sun-illuminated surface sprang up, motioned to me, and said, Come in! Her raven hair by this time had unravelled, and like a silken curtain draped her shoulders. I looked down at my garment, which when wet would be uncomfortable and cumbersome. Take off thy cloak and leave it to one side, she urged, turning to swim. I did so, and entered the stream, until, immersed as she, I turned onto my back, watching the leaves through which the dappled sunlight shone, reflected in sparkling ripples on the cooling waters. The maiden drew herself alongside me, gazing alike into the bright treetops. Thus we remained in silence for some minutes, when suddenly she grasped my hand, pulled me toward her. Come, I know a special place, she said, a magical enchanted place that I would show thee. Lead me there, I said. Fetch then thy garment, follow me. I held my robe above the flow as I crossed over, wore it again once on the other bank, then followed her into the wood from which she first appeared. 
Her dress, diaphanous when wet, clung to her slender body, where my eyes delighted. Deeper in we walked, and I could hear the running brook that curved around us to the right, enchanted scene, where bright-plumed birds adorned the nearby branches, and butterflies were dancing on the wing. We reached a clearing where a gentle mist, breathed by a nearby waterfall, descended. You may rest hidden safely here, she said. Let us therefore prepare thy forest bed. I wondered how she knew, unsought-for ally, that I needed concealment. I began to sense in her some quality not of this world, beyond intoxicating beauty, a gift from God incarnate in this girl. The ground being dry and thickly carpeted with leaves and undergrowth, springy and soft, the overhanging trees a natural bower, we made a makeshift shelter, whereupon she entered it and lay down on her side, eyes closed. Uncertain of my course, I sat outside, though there was space enough for me beside her, was about to look away lest stare intrusively, to contemplate the birds around me, see if I could name the species. But before I did, she stretched her hand to me, suggesting invitation. Elijah pauses, looks at Abdul's face, his narrative in hesitance suspended. His audience a minister of grace. Could this be meet for one from God descended? Yet Abdul is impatient, not offended. Stirring expectantly, he says, What next? I pray thee, man of God, finish thy text. Encouraged thus, I came in next to her, whereat she oped her eyes, gazed into mine. I dared to stroke her hair back from her face, at which she smiled and sighed and closed her eyes, drew nearer to me, till I felt her breath upon my lips. My hand caressed her shoulder. What is thy name? I whispered then. Adina, she said. Mine is Elijah, I replied. We gazed into each other's eyes and kissed, our bodies drawing closer as I pressed against her flimsy dress. Her hands passed down my back that I became as liquid fire. Elijah, she said softly, be thou gentle, for no man's known me yet. I will. I said. Had Enough Sonnet on Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanagh Now that another woman has come forward to testify to Kavanaugh's predations, abuse of power, we see the pattern formed even before his high school graduation to pillage, plunder, steal, and violate, while senators perverting lustful course, deaf to all pleading and protest, gang rape in dressing down a woman to enforce prerogative of privilege that rules against the vulnerable by high decree, making a virtue out of vile misrule, and hits a gavel in hypocrisy. How clear his predilection is disclosed to rape the innocent, in pious robes. Had Enough 2 On Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh 
he locked the door so she would not escape. He amped the music so she'd not be heard. He pinned her down so he could strip and rape. He palmed her mouth so she could scream no word. He got on top so he could dominate. He drank so that his conscience would be still. He mocked the victim he would violate. He sought a vessel to impose his will. He seeks promotion to supremest role. He claims the prestige of entitled men. He lusts for power, his weakness to console. He craves a gavel to inflict again. So that's today's episode. You've been listening to Abdeel Leroy. I'll be back next Sunday and mark your diary for this Friday, October the 19th, when you can get a free copy on Amazon US or Amazon UK of Versus vs. Empire 3, The Trump Era. Get it? It's a homonym. Enjoy. <laughs>